there we go. Episode 232, Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. Here I am in Los Angeles. It's been a few weeks since I've hit record on the podcast, so it's really great to be back. Wonderful to grace the airwaves here in my studio and and share some musings, share some thoughts that I've been thinking about. Actually, I, I haven't felt very inspired to record a podcast until the last couple days, and I think I feel like I should rewind a bit and and correct myself in some sort of way because I have really been in this creative flow the last few weeks with my record and also the music and the podcasts and the book that I've been reading. I've just been so entrenched in this in this world, and I feel like it's pretty important for me to share what I've been up to because um, it's been challenging. But now I feel like I'm sort of in this creative zone, and it's 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 truly beautiful. It's it's wonderful, and I want everybody that's an artist to be in this headspace. and And I'm not taking this for granted because this could quickly go away. <laughs> I think we all know that as artists that um, if you are sort of in the zone hold on to it. And I think it all started because I recorded a podcast, uh, my last one, a few weeks ago where I was, I don't want to say I was speaking disparagingly about everything, everywhere, all at once, but I guess I'm sort of not on that train. I'm not really inspired or interested in movies that have these these tantalizing effects uh, that sort of I guess in a way transfix many people, but I think for somebody like me, I'm I'm more interested in a in a captivating story, and so I recorded a podcast about how I think movies are dead. Um, well, then, ironically, a few days later, well, let me back back backtrack just a, even further, really quickly. I saw Pulp Fiction a few weeks ago. And I've seen it before. I have a couple friends that were interns on the movie years ago. And gosh, I, I remember how that movie just galvanized Los Angeles. It galvanized the art world in LA and New York. And, and sure, I had friends that were on that worked on the movie, but gosh, that, that movie was like a a wave, a tidal wave. It just, it just catapulted all of us into the movie world. We people went to see that movie five times, ten times. It reinvigorated John Travolta's career. Uh, Quentin Tarantino still to this day can pretty much do whatever he wants. And the thing about that movie, and, and I was reminded about it when I saw it a few weeks ago. It's all about pace. It, it takes its time, and I think that's why you're really invested in the movie and the characters and the story, is because it, it takes its time. And, and that's what's so hard, I think, about making a movie these days, is it, it does feel like, okay, people don't have two and a half hours, so why should I waste my time making a movie if people just can't sit still and sort of live in a movie for two and a half hours. So if that's the case, I do think a lot of these creators and writers are moving to television. So even even if the show is 10 episodes, 
An hour is enough time. Like people feel like, you know, I'm going to get, somebody will watch an hour of Succession or somebody will watch an hour of Fargo, the, the television version of Fargo. But to get somebody to spend two and a half hours to watch a movie, that might be too much of an ask these days. So I then had a dinner party or we had some friends over couple days after I saw Pulp Fiction. So again, I was reminded and reinvigorated by films and I was, I've sort of been going back and watching older movies, but also sort of lamenting this idea that those types of movies aren't being made anymore. So then we had a dinner party and a friend recommended the movie Triangle of Sadness. And I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. I saw the movie a couple weeks ago and it was brilliant. It won Best Picture at Cannes, I believe, this past year. It's about two and a half hours. And I don't want to say anything other than it touches on so many topical elements. It has this amazing pace. It's unpredictable. You have no idea where it's going. It touches on the class system. Of course, it touches on technology and sort of the dopamine world that we live in. I thought it was brilliant. I highly recommend it. Go out and watch Triangle of Sadness. I think it's on Hulu now. I was captivated. I just, I thought it was brilliant. I guess I was feeling hopeful that, wow, okay, so maybe there are filmmakers out there that are making great films. It it was almost sort of like this movie version of the second season of White Lotus. It just, it reminded me of of that TV show in a sort of weird way. Um, But I think one thing that sort of is missing in the culture today, so you have this great movie, Triangle of Sadness, but the thing about like Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs when those movies came out, you knew that pretty much everybody was watching that movie, or if you went to the, if you went out to dinner, or if you were speaking to your server, or were speaking to your cab driver, more than likely you could find somebody that that was watching that movie also, and you could talk about it. Nowadays, like I bring up Triangle of Sadness to people, and and I think other than my friend Polly, nobody knows what what the hell I'm talking about. And I think that's sort of what's missing in this culture now is is sort of the shared experience of watching a movie but then talking about it, reliving it, sort of sharing that energy, that joy that you feel when you went to the movies like 10, 15 years ago. So watch Triangle, so go out and watch Triangle of Sadness or watch it at home. Send me a message. I'd love to know what you think. Try and watch it in one sitting. So I finished watching Triangle of Sadness. And then I have been in this world of podcasts the last couple weeks. See, I'm making a record right now, and I've been in the world of of writing lyrics and recording vocals, and I've had really great days, and I've had terrible days, and and my voice uh, sometimes sounds wonderful, and other days it's just, it just is missing that emotionality that I'm striving for in my vocals. And I have to say, it's it's pretty demoralizing, but it's also incredibly enriching. I'm sort of going back and forth, and that's the process of, of being a singer-songwriter. And it's filled with highs and lows, and I feel lonely, and I feel re- I'm really hard on myself. But then, 
I listened to Rick Rubin on a podcast with Lex Friedman, and I've been reading Rick Rubin's book, The Creative Act, A Way of Being, and then I saw The Edge on Rick Rubin's podcast, so I listened to that, which is utterly brilliant and and so inspiring. And then I have Disney Plus, or a friend of mine gave me their Disney Plus subscription for like a week. And there's this brilliant David Letterman interview with The Edge and Bono. And it's sort of like half documentary, half interview, and part performance. Definitely subscribe, get Disney Plus just for a week, or just get it for like five days for free, and watch the David Letterman interview with Bono and The Edge. It, it made me feel like I was part of a company, like I was, I was together. I didn't feel alone in my process. It was um, just brilliant. It was heartfelt and, and real and emotional, and, and Bono and the Edge, of course, sound fantastic. But back to sort of Rick Rubin. Boy, he's, he's been sort of in the podcast circuit the last couple months because he has this new book that just came out called The Creative Act, A Way of Being. I'm going to read, I want to read you, it's almost, it's, it's almost like this book that you just, I'm reading it from front to back, but I feel like you could just sort of open it up any day you're sort of feeling insecure or feeling alone or feeling unsure of your process as a creator. I just I feel like it's one of those books where it's almost like a Bible. You just open it up and it'll sort of remind you that um, to trust the process. You know, it's it's so this chapter is called The Unseen. And they're all really quick chapters. By conventional definition, the purpose of art is to create physical and digital artifacts to fill shelves with poetry, books, and records. Though artists generally aren't aware of it, that end work is a byproduct of a greater desire. We aren't creating to produce or sell material products. The act of creation is an attempt to enter a mysterious realm, a longing to transcend. What we create allows us to share glimpses of an inner landscape, one that that is beyond our understanding. Art is our portal to the unseen world. Without the spiritual component, the artist works with a crucial disadvantage. The spiritual world provides a sense of wonder and a degree of open-mindedness not always found within the confines of science. The world of reason can be narrow and filled with dead ends, while a spiritual viewpoint is limitless and invites fantastic possibilities. The unseen world is boundless. The word spirituality may not speak to those who dwell chiefly in the intellect or those who equate the word with organized religion. If you prefer to think of spirituality as simply believing in connection, that's fine. If you choose to think of it as believing in magic, that's fine too. The things we believe carry a charge regardless of whether they can be proven or not. The practice of spirituality is a way of looking at a world where you're not alone. There are deeper meanings behind the surface. The energy around you can be harnessed to elevate your work. 
You are part of something much larger than can be explained, a world of immense possibilities. Harnessing this energy can be marvelously useful in your creative pursuits. The principle operates on faith, believing and behaving as if it's true. No proof is needed. When you're working on a project, you may notice apparent coincidences appearing more often than randomness allows, almost as if there is another hand guiding yours in a certain direction. You know what's something that I've, I've noticed about myself over the last couple weeks? I think I've felt a little lonely also because I have pretty much completely been off of social media. I use Twitter to read the news or read about the Cavs. You know, I'm a pretty big uh, basketball fan, so I use Twitter a lot to read about sports. Um, But it's weird. Like, I'm sort of in this cocoon as I'm making this record, and I want to share little glimpses on social media, but it feels like whenever I do, it ends up making me feel small or it makes my process feel uninteresting. And I think it's because the moment I open up social media, I guess I don't feel very special. Like, it feels like everybody is doing something interesting and cool and creative or somewhere. And and I think everybody obviously should be blessed with these wonderful lives and travel the world and create. But the moment I turn on these platforms, somehow it makes me feel like my process or what I'm going through um, isn't unique or special anymore. And And again, I'm not trying to compare. I'm not saying that my life is more interesting. But I think there's something that we as artists have to hold on to. It's, it's sort of like... I guess it's it's so raw and so personal and so intimate to be trying to find my way with these songs that the moment I share it on social media or then look at social media, suddenly it sort of rips all the intimacy away. And so I've I've sort of like Instead of opening up social media, I've been listening to Rick Rubin talk on podcasts. I, I heard him on Lex Friedman. I heard him on Barry Weiss. I've been watching you know, the U2 special. I was listening to The Edge. I think I'm just sort of like, as I'm in this very intimate process of trying to write lyrics and produce the vocals, um, I have to avoid all the stimuli that make me feel um, not very special. I've been completely off of Facebook for like over a month or two. And I almost feel like I probably will never go back. And and I guess the thing that's scary to me is if that's where everybody is sort of residing on, on Instagram and TikTok and social media, if I'm choosing not to use those much anymore, um, I need to make a concerted effort to really reach out to friends because if I don't, then I'm going to be uh, really isolated and lonely. It's like, it feels like the world is primarily using social media to communicate. And if you don't do that, um, you need to sort of step or work that extra mile to make sure that you are not 
lonely and isolated because I think you have the, or one has the tendency to go that direction um, if you're not connecting with people um, actively. Am I making any sense? I hope so. I'm still trying to sort it all out. It's, it's weird. It's like I want everybody to be creative and live interesting and, and three-dimensional lives, but um, somehow the unique quality of what I'm going through as an artist doesn't feel very unique or interesting uh, the moment I uh, sort of enter the world of technology. Is, is that making any sense? So I guess what I'm trying to do is, is to cherish it, cherish this process, read um, books, watch shows, listen to podcasts that make what I'm going through feel special. Because if I don't, then I guess what I'm going through just feels pretty pedestrian. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I feel like we all as artists thrive when we're sort of feeling like the energy is pulling us, like the spiritual qualities in the world. Um, we're sort of riding on that wave and we're in the zone. And the moment I go into a world of social media, I don't feel like I'm in the zone anymore. I feel pretty pedestrian. So um, yeah, I just, I think I want you to listen to those podcasts with Rick Rubin. Check out the U2 special on Disney Plus because I really think um, these these pieces of work and, and the movie Triangle of Sadness, I think they're all going to make you feel inspired and less lonely. And, and, and I think they're hopefully going to invigorate you to keep creating. I know they have for me over the last few weeks. So, uh, And let me play you a clip from a Lex Friedman podcast from, I think it was actually about a year ago, but um, I just found it myself. It's him speaking to Rick Rubin. Yeah, it was April of 2022. So let me play you this clip, Lex Friedman podcast, and then I will let you go. But instead of kind of representing or like making deals, all that kind of stuff, they, they can kind of trample on those little ideas. And it's, it's sad to see. Yeah. It's really it's really heartbreaking to see because you know how much trampling there's going on. It's one of the main jobs, my jobs as a record producer is to um, keep the keep the voices away from the artist, from all of the people who are really on their side but don't know. You know, like yeah. the, the uh, whether it be people, um, anyone on the business side who doesn't make things they're excited to do their part. You know, they're excited. If when you deliver the thing, the, the art that you make to me, then we can start the project. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing to sell if the art doesn't happen in the right way and it has to be protected and it can't happen on the same kind of a timetable that, um, that business can. It's just a different thing. It doesn't, art doesn't come in a quarterly way. And that doesn't apply just to music or it applies to art. It applies to all creative pursuits. Like this is generally the case like at, at, at MIT. It's just there's the administration and then there is the professors and students. And the professors and students are the creative folk. 
They create stuff. They dream. They have wild ideas that go on tangents and so on. They they uh, they have hopes and they they go with those and they get like on these weird passionate pursuits. And, and then the administration can often just trample on that. Um, and they, they they set up bars on all kinds of in all kinds of ways that you think you're not actually hurting, um, but you really are. And you know, I won't mention why, but because this happens to everybody, and I have a large amount of leverage at MIT now, but even I get a little bit of pressure in such stupid ways to like, don't like, be careful, be careful, Lex. Like, we we really want your career to succeed. Be careful, and that little pressure to an artist, you know, do you want to go a cappella? Do you want to go? Do you want to go, do a country record? Like, be careful. Like yeah. you're already a superstar. Be careful. Yeah. And then in that way, you kind of push people like flock of fish into one fish tank where they're all the same. Yeah. And it's, it's sad to see. And it's obviously in the modern world, there's nice mechanism to protect, to let artists flourish a little bit more because they get to put themselves to the world and get a little bit more confidence, maybe different funding mechanisms, all that kind of stuff. But Tremendous problem that the, the the voices that don't understand interfering with the process is huge. The other side of it is in success, there can be a lack of reality where all of the people around the successful person just tell them everything they do is great. And then they, they don't have anything to bump up against anymore, have a realistic uh, sense of what's, what, how things work or how, how it, how the, how things measure, you know? Yeah, I think I'll leave you. I think I'll leave you with this thought. I think it's about protecting yourself. Whether you're working intimately on a record, even if you're, you know, dreaming about going on a new wild trip or vacation or trying something new, I think the the critical voices are are ready to pounce on your shoulder and and talk you down. And somehow I guess I'm I'm becoming acutely aware that I have the tendency to be really critical of what I'm doing creatively and whether it's opening up social media um or even opening up Spotify and just seeing all this new music coming out over and over again and just seeing that there's so many millions of artists out there now, it, it makes me feel very um, small and minuscule and unimportant. And, and I guess there's this tug of war. Like, I realize... When I pass away, you know, I'm a little blip on the radar. But I think as an artist, we do want to feel like what we're making um, has the potential to change the world. Or it's exciting to create something that that is your own point of view that, that other people can connect with. It makes us feel less lonely. And so I guess I'm, until my work is done, I, I guess I'm protecting myself a little bit more. And I'm being very careful about who I work with. I'm very careful about 
what I surround myself with as I'm recording right now. I, I mean, I actually have these these moments of wanting to write a new book, but I'm I'm not sure how to dive into that. Um, I guess, and Rick talks about this on another podcast. I'm just trying to be gentle on myself, my process, and be very cautious about what stimuli I allow into my periphery because it does affect my process. It does affect my confidence. And and I think as creators, we need to eliminate all those voices, all the sounds, all the um, the noise that that does seep into your psyche. It's 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 uh, powerful. Those 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 words of criticism, uh, the comparisons that we, um, the the game of comparison that we play. So I, I think that's sort of something I want you to think about. It's really something that I've been thinking about over the last few weeks, which is why. I guess I've been trying to figure out how to articulate all this and what I've been going through over the last few weeks creatively and why it's been a bit of a delay in recording another podcast. So, um, yeah, I guess I want you all to feel inspired. I want you to turn off the noise. I, I've really felt empowered and 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 sort of re-energized um, not being on social media at all. And look, many people could argue that that's creative. Posting something on social media is creative. But I think, and I'll leave you with this: when you post something on some, when you post something on YouTube or a social media platform, uh, I think for me, it instantly turns on the "what do people think" world. Like that, it it turns that part of my brain on. And right now, I don't want to think about that. I just want to keep staying in this zone of creativity and not be influenced at all by what people think. And I think it's normal for us as artists to want to care about what people think. But when you're in the process and you're in that world um, of creativity, I, I, for one, want to turn all of those noises and, and voices off. So you know where to find me on social at Eddie Cohn or the Spiritual Spiral Podcast. I do have a couple guests that I'm lining up, so hopefully those will post in the next month or so. I'll probably be back soon um, in the next week or two, but I'm, I'm sort of just in this world of, of, of making my record and trying to sing these songs. So really appreciate you listening. Please head over to iTunes and write a review or share the show with friends. I've got a lot of episodes in the library, so please check them out. And as always, thanks so much for listening, supporting, being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast.